when you're down and trouble and you need some loving care and nothing well nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studio, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson started the show in 2002. Since then, he's recorded over 1,100 shows featuring over 400 different guests, a literal who's who in bowling. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world for all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support. You can always rely on the Kegel Company. So, go to kegel.net. Well, for those of you who follow our show, this is our Christmas show, and you know that this is a very special show. And our good friend Larry Gray is here to talk about and pay tribute to our very special guest. And this week, as you know by now, Larry is one of our favorites. He is one of the top players and has been for years and years in the PBA Western region, where he was a two-time Southern California Bowler of the Year, and a 10-time All-Star, along with being a threat to win every time he put his shoes on. So, this week's guest, Larry? Mighty Mike, the great Donna Adamick. Wow, that's a name from the past. You know, uh, I've said this on the show before about my good friend Billy Hardwick when I watched him bowl the first time in a tournament in Las Vegas. He told me to go watch Don Johnson. And I watched him, and I said, well, he was all over the place. And he says, well, that's how good he is. He can play anywhere. And then years later, he said to me one time in Vegas, again, we were there for a women's tournament. He says, you know Mighty Mike? And I says, well, that's a cartoon (laughs) character, isn't it? He said, no, no, it's a woman bowler. You got to go watch her. So I did. And man, oh, man, I still got goosebumps on my arms. And I knew you kind of grew up. You might have been a little older, but. You know her real well, right? Yeah, I was three years older, but uh, uh, I competed against her the last uh, couple, two, three years of juniors. And those were in the 70s, something like that, right? Yes, yes. I first saw her in late 71, early 72, and uh, she bowled like the last half of our L.A. Junior All-Star Traveling League, you know, and I, I saw her, and I, I didn't think she was very good, you know. She averaged in the high 170s, and, and I didn't think too much about it, but, uh, you know, she was only 15 at that time, but, uh, you know, I got a couple of stories here, here in a little bit that uh, how she really improved after that, but, yeah, I first saw her in, like, 1972. Wow, so, yeah, she was 15. You said you were three years older, about 18, I, yeah. so... Did right. She, did she bowl against the boys back then? Well, that's a that's 
one of my stories here. So in the early 1973, uh, she, you know, she just turned 16. I was like 19 and they formed this, uh, junior amateur tour tournament. It was a, uh, tournament where they had like about once a month, they started it in, in 73 and you bowled five games and they cut to the top 16, you bowled four more games of match play. And then they had a top five step ladder. So they didn't have a girls division at that time. So, you know, the girls, which most of them weren't good enough, they didn't even try to compete against the guys, but you know, Donna gave it a shot, the first tournament. And I remember the house we bowled at was really tough. We bowled the five games. There were two people that averaged 200. I averaged 201, and Donna led the thing, averaging 204. Wow. And I went, wow, you know, I, that's the best I've seen a ball. Really tough condition. So uh, we bowled the match play. I, I, I got by her, so I qualified first. She was second. And uh, she went up. We had the top five. She, she went up losing her match. I, I went up winning the tournament. But anyway, I mean, I, I was, like, really impressed that, uh, you know, this here she's only 16, and boom, she comes out here and, and – started you know competing against the guys and so that was like the first of many tournaments that she competed against against the guys <laughs> so so she was known as the mighty might how, how big was she back in those days she's only like five oh god i, I think five two or five three and you know she's real small but as, as time went on i you know i, I really noticed her improvement from like you know 73 i left the juniors in the summer of 74 so in that year and a half um time frame she really improved she she had a coach uh bobby north this lady real good real good bowler in southern california real nice lady she was helping her from the time she was like 13 to 16 i think and uh you know donna had a real high backswing at, at an early age but she didn't have very good release. She didn't, she didn't throw very many, very much ball and didn't have very good role on the ball. So part of the story is, you know, when she was trying to compete against us, we, you know, there was a bunch of guys, myself included that, you know, we, we kind of made fun of her. She'd leave a lot of solid five pins and occasional five, eight, 10. And we'd laugh at her. And, you know, it was, well, we were a bunch of punk kids, you know, we, we didn't really show her much respect or anything, but, you know, I never seemed to bother her. And, and, uh, uh, like I say, I mean, there was a lot of, they really weren't very nice to her cause she was a girl trying to compete against us guys. But in that time frame, from 73 to 74, she really, really improved. And by the time I left juniors in 74, now all of a sudden she developed a release and she started throwing the ball good, and she was beating almost all the guys. Ninety percent of the time, she was beating the guys. And at the very end, when I left juniors, I mean, I was having a hard time keeping up with her. So yeah, <laughs> she really, really improved there from the time she was like sixteen to to seventeen or eighteen. Wow, I remember when I watched her in Vegas that time in the women's tournament. Uh, she just never missed the pocket, and and to me, by then she had great role in the ball, and it was yeah. it wasn't a real hard uh, twenty mile an hour ball, but she found a way to hit the pocket, and boy, she tripped the four and slapped the ten. Uh, 
this tremendous role in the ball. Unreal. Yeah, she wound up, you know, like I say, I mean, we we used to laugh at her because she had such a bad release, and it turned out, you know, that she had a really good role. And uh, um, the main thing about her, though, that that I saw, you know, at at her early age is just the desire and determination that she had was unmatched. And I don't care – you know, about all the coaching she got and everything. I mean, sure, that helped her, but it was her pure determination and desire and dedication is why she became so good. That That's that's the main reason. It, 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 you know, it wasn't her physical game so much as just her working on her game and that constant determination. You know, um, we have a mutual friend, Bob Johnson, who, who I stay in touch with all the time. And I talked to him and his wife, Michelle. Michelle was a really good junior bowler back in the day. And she remembered, yeah, she was. She remembered uh, Mighty Might too. And she said she was fantastic. And I told Bob, I says, uh, I'm going to be doing the show with you. And he says, well, let me give you a quote. And I says, all right, Farge, go ahead. He says, well, I covered most of her career uh, dating back to her junior days. And I got to tell you, she was tough as nails, a strong, probably one of the strongest mental games. And pound for pound, there was never anyone better. Wow. what a, I what totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, you know, she wound up being uh, an all-time great woman bowler. I just, just real quick here, I'll give you some of her stats. She wound up being, uh, she won 19 PWBA titles. And she was four-time PWB Bowler of the Year, four years in a row, from 1978 to 81. I mean, you have to be pretty dominant to get Bowler of the Year four years in a row. There's not too many women that's ever done that. And in a time frame, a three-year time frame from 78 to 81, she won five majors. Okay, she won the Queen's title in 79 and 80. Then she won the Women's U.S. Open in 78 and 81, and she won a Women's National Championship in 80. So, I mean, she she had a run there for about three years. That's almost unmatched. Yeah, she was tremendous. I'll tell you what, uh, I was messing around the other day, and I I wrote down my all-time Women's Hall of Fame. Um, Women that I thought could probably uh, bowl against the men, and it's been few and far between, but my list includes uh, Leanne Barrett, Lisa Wagner, Carolyn Doran Ballard, Wendy McPherson, Liz Johnson, and Kelly Kulik. So yeah, that that's that's about the top five or six uh, that could actually compete against the men. But you, you'd have to throw Dawn in there too. Right, she's right there near the top, if not the top. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I totally agree. <laughs> she was something else, I'll tell you. You know, for a little gal. And she wasn't, you know, she didn't have giant hands or anything, big muscles. No. Nope. Just a little girl. I, I remember shaking her hand. Uh, I think it was at Bob Johnson's uh, marriage party, yeah. right? Yeah. She was there. I remember meeting her again, and I shook her hand, and she was like a midget hand. Unreal. Yeah, she's so small. But, yeah. you know, Phantom, the, the one thing that always stood out with me with her physical game is, uh, you know, she was so small, but 
I, I, I've never been very good at analyzing people's physical games, but the one thing I always noticed about her was her, her, the way she pushed off with her right leg into her slide. Okay. She got all her power from her legs and, you know, she, she opened up her hips a little bit and she closed her hips, but the way she pushed off with her right leg into her slide with just tremendous power for being such, such a small gal. And, uh, I, I always saw that that was the strong point in her game in my eyes anyway. Yeah, no question. That's the power step. And, uh, all the yep. great bowlers have it. <laughs> no question about it. <laughs> it's kind of like I always talk about golf and power hitting the ball a long way. It doesn't come from your arm strength. It comes from your legs and your timing, you know. So she was exactly. tremendous with that. Yeah. So talking about uh, Bob Johnson's wedding, I, I saw her there. I hadn't seen her in almost 30 years. And I took her aside. There was a question I'd been wanting to ask her, and I, I was anxious to hear her response. So I, I, I took her aside, and I said, you know, Donna, I, I totally respect and admire what you've accomplished. But I said, there's one thing I got to know. I said, don't you think that competing against us guys, you know, back when you were coming up as a junior, don't you think that that, really helped your mental game and she was oh absolutely she goes you know bowling against you guys made me that much more tough and everything and and i think you know in donna's mind when she turned pro i kind of think that she thought well this is going to be easy i've been bowling against these guys (laughs) most of them older than me and you know competing against those guys now all they got to do is beat these women this is going to be easy (laughs) and sure enough you know, I mean, I knew she was going to be great, but I had no idea that she would be the the superstar that she became. Well, there's a lot to that. You know, there's a lot of guys that are superstars that had older brothers that used to tease them all the time. And you either make them tougher or make them give up. And obviously, she didn't yeah. give up. So, yeah, I got yeah. credit. It just, it just made her more determined and, and you know, Knowing that, you know, we, we would tease her and show her no respect, I think that just made her all the more determined to, I'm going to beat these guys. And she definitely got the last laugh on us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Parts, well, I'm looking at the old clock in the wall. we got about a minute left. Uh, you got anything else you want to throw in here? I got, I, got one more, I got one more quick story that is really clear in my mind. Donna's probably not going to. Uh, appreciate me telling this, but it, it's something that is really clear in my mind. We were pulling this, this junior amateur tour. You know, I, she was 16. It was like second or third tournament. And Donna wound up qualifying second. Uh, a friend of mine was first. I was fourth. I won the first two games in the stepladder final. So now I have to bowl Donna. And I, I don't know if I kind of was overconfident or – tried too hard because she was a girl and I, I had to beat her. But anyway, I, I totally fell apart. I see 140 against her in the semifinal match. She didn't bowl that good either, but, you know, she beat me pretty easy. So now she's bowling a good friend of mine, Dennis Weaver, for the final match. And so 
I'm pulling for dinner. So I'm standing up on the concourse and I'm standing right behind her mom and dad who were always there to watch her bowl, always supportive and, you know, for her, uh, at the tournaments and everything. So they're sitting at this counter. I'm standing right behind her. So the game's closed between her and Dennis and it comes down to the 10th frame. Dennis finishes first and, uh, uh, he gets a spare or something. So now Donna gets up in the tent. All she needs is a mark to win the tournament. And so Dennis, after he gets done, he comes running up on the concourse, stands right next to me, all right behind her mom and dad. So uh, Donna goes up and goes a little high, leaves a 4-7. So Dennis says, ah, that's it. All she got to do is make this 4-7. You know, I lost. Donna throws it. She whiffs both of them on the right, okay, which was very uncharacteristic unchar- for her even at that time. So she loses, and Dennis and I start laughing. Okay. <laughs> Her mom and dad turned around. I don't remember that they said anything, but they gave us a look. I thought they were going to kill us. <laughs> you talk about it looks killed. They they gave us a stare. And, you know, so I, I here a few years ago, I reminded Donna of that, you know, that tournament. She had no recollection of that at all. I go, are you kidding me? I said, you miss that spare to I go, I, that would have haunted me for the rest of my life. I, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> so I started thinking about it. And I go, well, that's probably why one of the reasons why she was so great, because she had the ability to shut out the bad experiences and just keep moving on. Now, if it would have been me, I would have sulked over that for a long time and, you know, would have never been the same. But you know, she, I was really surprised she didn't have any memory of that. And that's, I think, one of her greatest traits was she was able to, um, you know, shut shut all the bad experiences out, move on, and, and uh, you know, move, move on in the next frame, the next game, the next week, or whatever. And so, yeah, it was just a, a funny story that, that I remember. But, uh, yeah, we, we didn't have very much respect for her back, back then. But, uh, yeah, now now we sure do. And, you know, I, I hope Donna uh, forgives me for all that, you know, and I hope she still considers me a, uh, my friend, she's she's a great person, very humble, very modest. She has a adorable little granddaughter now, and uh, she, she's just a great person. Well, I'm sure that uh, it wasn't an accident that uh, she had a great mental game. Uh, most all successful people do. So, pardon the old clock of the wall tells me we are out of time, and I can't believe how quickly the time flies on this show, and probably why they say it's the fastest show of all sports, but we look forward to talking again next week to another guest, and we're going to have another conversation. So in closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Brad Edelman from the High Roller and Storm Bowling Products, along with our newest sponsor, Dave Kowalski, who's with Auto Value and Bumper to Bumper Auto Parts Store. We want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is a Phantom. When you're down and troubled And you need some love and care And nothing, well, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon I